This is the Are We OK UK podcast, the podcast on a mission to empower the UK to speak up when we're suffering so that together we can show future generations how it's done. I'm going to need every single one of you on this journey with me. I'm so glad we're spending some time together today. I love you all. Now let the show begin. What's up, Dream Team? How are we doing? It's the last day of January and I cannot tell you how many exciting things are going on behind the scenes with Are We OK UK? Namely, get this, the tickets are now officially live for the first official Are We OK UK Escapes event happening on Sunday the 14th of April down here in Kent. It's going to be absolutely awesome, guys, and I'd love to see as many of you rock stars' faces there as possible. Essentially, we're bringing together those that are struggling with those that can ease that struggling, namely life coaches. So on the day, you're going to hear from some epic speakers in the mental health space. You're going to have an hour of one-to-one life coaching. There's some group guided conversations. There's some mindfulness and breathing sessions. There's some beginner trail running loops out the back. They're going to have some awesome food throughout the day. It's going to be absolutely brilliant. I can't wait to see as many of you guys there as possible. And once again, you can head over to areweok.uk forward slash escapes to grab your tickets now. So that's areweok.uk forward slash escape. So once again, guys, if you're struggling, right now or if you know somebody that could do with a little bit of a boost and perhaps a little bit of a check-in just to see uh, if they're okay truly and to be surrounded by those that are exactly the same boat those that are passionate about easing the suffering of others or those that are struggling themselves then this is the event for you this event has been created as a reaction to what I think you guys need and what I certainly need and it's the type of event that I would love to be a part of and I'm so proud of what we've pulled together for this first event so once again guys areweok.uk forward slash escapes grab your tickets now and i can't wait to see as many of you guys there as possible right this podcast episode it is a long one guys it's over an hour and a half so i suggest you listen to it in two or three parts um it's actually cross-promoted with the guys from the curious cats podcast uh, so ricky spears and chris Wharton are absolutely smashing their podcast they're really committed to empowering the local community not just here in seven oaks and kent but nationally as well via the um via the podcast uh, and they're all about just helping people become the best versions of themselves and we covered a lot in this podcast episode with the power of talking up why men don't speak up particularly particularly in the workplace and so much more it was actually one of my most relaxed and and uh, kicked back podcast recordings and interviews I've ever given and the, the guys were just brilliant and they asked me some really great questions some of which I really w- wasn't expecting and I really hope you guys get as much value from this one as possible and I would encourage you to head over to the curious cats podcast episode once you've finished with this one uh, to subscribe to everything they've got going on over there as well there we go guys let's jump in enjoy it i'll see you on the other side let's do this shake and bake Nice, Dan. See your face as well. Yeah, I need to see all faces. Don't get uncomfortable if you find Chris just staring at me because that does happen sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) One night. (laughs) (laughs) Right, I'm ready to rock. Cool, Ricky. Dan, thanks a lot for coming on, mate. Yeah, it's great to be here. Great to be here. Thanks for your time. How do you know? 
how did you meet Chris? How did this how did this whole thing come about? Uh, the magic happens <laughs> with Chris. Um, <laughs> Sorry, yes. Because I moved to uh, moved to Kent uh, t- two years ago uh, on the back of taking on a, an adventure and. Um, Keen trail runner locally started a Kent trail runners group, all that stuff, and I'm like, you know what? Even though I'm not, t- haven't got another adventure lined up just yet, but I do need to uh, click back into the gym, and uh, I live pretty much a hundred yards from where we're talking from now. So it was meant to be. I popped in. Chris gave me a warm welcome, and it's led to uh, speaking down this microphone with you two fine people right now. Nice. It's literally fate. It really is. Really. Yeah. Um. So Dan, for um the listeners. Um, let give us a, a rough idea of of where you were brought up, how we've sort of come to this um, Rome to Home challenge, and everything in between. It's quite the story. Um, I was reading through it again today, and it's um, <laughs> it's certainly very inspiring. Um, but there's obviously a lot's happened between those two things. So um, if you can maybe start from the beginning um, and. We'll go from there. Yeah, no, that's fine. I think if if you don't mind, because I've done this before, where it's quite easy to dive into quite a long-winded answer quite quickly. Yeah. So for you, for your listeners, if you're listening to this um, podcast for the first time or, or whatever, the story in a nutshell is that um, in tw- in 2012 I had a massive, massive year, and it was split into two halves. The first half of 2012 was leading up to a full-scale manic episode, which led to me standing in the middle of a major motorway in northern Italy at rush hour preaching because I believed I was the chosen one after six months of elevated mood which we can dive into in the second half crippling severe depression didn't want to be alive anymore it was a dark time 2013 stripped it all back started again this five-year cathartic challenging five-year journey of recovery And I knew I had to do something quite sizable to share my story on a massive scale with massive social impact. And I think that's, um, let's save that bit. Let's save that bit for a little later in the podcast. But yeah, yeah, there you go, listeners. You you now know what we're in for over the next 45 minutes. Um, So yeah, grew up in East Sussex. And uh, yeah, great childhoods, older brother and sister, twins. My mum was amazing. Um, You're the youngest of three. Yeah, youngest of three, youngest of three. Always really sporty, really creative. Um, couldn't keep me still. You couldn't keep me from, you know, use my creative juices in, in whichever way possible. And I've just always been about people. Yeah. People, community, partnerships, all, all that stuff. And then uh, went to Brighton Uni, fast forwarding a little bit. So I went to Brighton Uni, did a, a sports management degree. So sort of business studies, but focused on the sports industry. Um, scraped a degree, but, you know, I really got my hands stuck in with all yeah, the... Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just all that, you know, I just loved doing the people stuff you know give me a presentation i'll smash it give me you know the presidency of the lacrosse club or the sports committee smashed it all that stuff but yeah not not so academic um you know it was all about life skills and applying my natural energy and enthusiasm i guess finished at brighton 2008 um got offered a couple of jobs in london moved up there um bounced around london for eight years different sort of sports development jobs and then uh yeah, like I said, we moved to Seven Oaks in uh, 2016 uh, down here in Kent. We love it. Um, so yeah, no, yeah, the whole whole sort of professional background's been sports development. Um, but as you know, I think what's brought us to to being in this room is um, you know sort of that second chapter, I guess, in my yeah. in my uh, in my career path, if you want to call it that, yeah. um, because of personal experiences. And <clears throat> you know, if we if we want to really kind of start the story in yeah. January 2012 that the reason that 
my mood started to elevate is because um, I care so deeply about people and I want really to dedicate my life to easing the suffering of as many people as I can across society. And in 2012, I got offered this job um, as the snow sports community manager for a snow sports charity that changes the lives of inner city young people by taking them out to the mountains. And um, during those eight years in London, I did go away to the Alps and qualify as a skiing instructor as well. So you can imagine how I felt with, with this job that I got yeah. given. I was like, wow, yeah. are we allowed to swear on the podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was, I was <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck me. I was, this is written for me. And everybody, everybody told me so as well. And um, yeah, I just remember even on day one, you know, my mood was just heightened. You know, this, this is enthusiasm right now for sure, but it's managed, but then it, it, it wasn't. And right. it, was, it just started to, you know, it's just started to dial up. Um, and I want you guys to jump in whenever you've yeah, got any yeah, questions, yeah, yeah. but you know, it's, um, that was really where, you know, things started to get before, a bit rocky. Before that, did you have anything in your childhood or in your past, any, anything that, that have, that have might have given you an idea that, that, that this could have happened or, you know, if, if we was to talk to your parents, would they have said, oh yeah, actually there was some things in his childhood that. Do, do, do you understand what I'm trying yeah, to Yeah, no, I do. No, and uh, a few more people have been asking that question recently. So um, there's two sides to it. One is, were there any warning signs prior to 2012 yeah. that, you know, something might be a bit off um, with my mood? And um, there was. So, you know, my first term at university, I remember by Christmas, over those three months, I was done. I was so tired by Christmas because I was so burnt out. I'd given it so much energy right. from starting that degree to Christmas time. And so I, I just had to disconnect and sleep for two weeks before going back to uni in the January. Yeah. So I think that was the first time when even I asked myself, you know, that actually there might be something going on under the surface, but you know, life continues, you brush it under the carpet. Mm. Dan, you, s you say um, you've landed this perfect job, amazing environment, helping people which you wanted to do skiing you've become an instructor it sounds amazing but and your mood was elevated that sounds counterintuitive to someone who is about to take a massive tumble yeah but at that point were there any warning signs that things were did you, did you have moments of like shit something's not quite right here or were you just on cloud nine yeah, so so there's a precursor to all of this, and there's that nothing that I'm saying um, is to be uh, endorsed. You know, I'm not evangelizing anybody yeah. striving for these feelings because it can be pretty catastrophic. And believe me, through, like through my recovery, I've met many men actually, particularly who will try and do various things to try and get back to this elevated state of mood. Um, but that said, yes, to answer your question, it feels good, you know, and it's like your internal drug system, which is just providing this constant dopamine and adrenaline and this, these endorphins that are just, you know, dialing up and up. And it's almost like having Red Bull on tap inside your system. And so it does yeah. feel good. And, um, you know, uh, it feels almost like your your all your senses are elevated. You know, you're hearing your sights, you're in, you know, all that stuff. Um, but if I think if you, well, e you know, even on reflection, I know this was the case. And if you ask any of my family members and Georgie, my amazing wife, um, who's been with me for all of this journey yeah. since uni, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty catastrophic and, you know, but nobody in my family had ever had a mental health diagnosis or anything like that. Yeah. So over those six months between January and June, 2012, it was just Dan, but it was like an elevated version but, of but myself. All, all good the whole time. 
yeah much, over yeah. those six months leading up to italy yeah oh, but wow. you know we get to april may time and you know there's a few questions being asked right, yeah you know i'm just a bit over these, the top yeah, yeah yeah a bit over the top I, you know i genuinely started to believe i was the next mark zuckerberg the next steve jobs for the social impact world and right, uh, okay. you know you can kind of see right, you can kind yeah, of join yeah. the dots um you know hind it's hindsight's an amazing thing right interesting you say about the, that um cocktail of that sort of brain chemistry that you um you know is obviously it's not just dan that, that is a, a result of your brain chemistry but six months is a long time for that to happen for the the impact of oxytocin dopamine serotonin adrenaline they all come into play during various parts of um euphoria and elation you know some of which are oxytocin for example is a hormone that we release in response to feeling in like a powerful position so that sounds like something was that, that may well have started creeping in towards the la latter half of, i mean these are all interchanging all the time but that sounds like something that was very much part of that feeling of i don't know whether importance is the right word but you know when you when you feel like you're making a difference and making a change yeah quite often those sorts of um that that sort of brain chemistry can be responsible for these feelings of um these heightened senses should right. i say yeah um I, I must admit it's it's a fascinating area of science one of which we're not actually we don't actually know a huge amount about yeah, no, um, but the, like this um um mri mapping of the brain now is becoming so much more advanced that that it'd be a, it would have been interesting to see what was going on in your head at that time oh mate um, yeah it would have been yeah. lit up it would have been lit up um i'd like to know more of it. I, I mean i don't know do you know if you are you read up on it because that's not so much subjects I, I would like to learn more about yeah me too me too uh it sounds like i could fit your brains much more than yeah um, much more than yeah, mine you know? it's interesting though um so six months in in yourself are you thinking this is best ever and then but then there's people around you thinking something's not quite right here yeah did you did you get a sense of that from them uh yeah no i did i did i did but um you know like i mean when i'm when i'm you know delivering talks now it's very much it's like a formula one car and my foot was firmly planted on that accelerator right. and i was you know you, you remember that clip from ayrton senna at monaco where he's just so over the edge yeah you know so he feels so far ahead of everybody else and everybody in his ears is saying slow down you know slow down you don't yeah. you don't need to go this fast um but you know foot was firmly planted down so tunnel visions um you know and and it all came from a, a place of trying to ease the suffering you know and basically i was you know i was at home in the kitchen and i felt like you know spending two hours to make a nutritious meal was a waste of time because i could develop a new partnership a new fundraising event which would genuinely help these young people who are desperate and they need my help right now and i can positively impact them um you know so again when i'm giving talks now you know not just leading up to june 2012 but afterwards is is now being really attentive to what gear i'm in um you know even right now on the way here i was listening to very relaxing music um you know i'm passionate about squeezing everything into these podcasts which yeah. is why i do speak a little bit fast but yeah. um you know strategies you know in the next couple of days very relaxed not much going on um you know so you know i've got i've got i've got the ways that i manage things quite well um but yeah certainly when we're talking mm. about june, I was, june I was 2012 about 10 minutes before you arrived about like i've got similar not to that degree but like i've my brain works so quick that I'm thinking of a million different things at once to the detriment of the one thing that's important mm. and that is being present. You know, and I find it really difficult 
Um, but that is that's part of you, you being on the full scale of ADHD, though, right? Yeah. Well, that's that's what I put it down to. But it's, I find it tough to quieten my mind. Mm. Um, so I'm a bit like I'm a bit like that. When if I'm thinking about cooking, for example, I think I could spend that time working on my business, or I could spend that time developing a new revenue stream. And, mm. and but sometimes I won't even do it. I'll just spend a lot of time thinking about it. Mm. Um, so I kind of get where you're going. I mean, that. you know, I mean, you probably agree with it, right? I mean, it's sort of representative of so many people right now across society. We're wired. Yeah, 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 yeah true. We yeah. are, massively. And just constantly connected. Yeah, but and, and that is why these words right now, and being in this room with you two, matters yeah. properly. Because like, these are the real conversations that need to be had. Because more so than ever, we need these strategies. More so than ever. Yeah massively yeah that's another reason i wanted to start this whole thing because again realizing what we're talking about that, that we're all wired and we're all constant if you if you don't manage it the amount you can sp time spend on your phone wasting time on your phone not talking to the person that's in front of you when you've got your phone in your hand a big reason i wanted to do this is to have face-to-face -face conversations yeah. with people because that's where the real connections happen and i think when people can listen to that they can hear it as well yeah one thing I noticed earlier, and we see this a lot um, in the gym, for example, when, and this is to no fault of, of any parent, because this is just across the board, this is what kids are doing now, but there was 10 kids in reception, and every one of them, they're, they're playing with each other, but on individual screens. Mm, right, yeah. So, And I, and I know um, I've heard parents, I've had conversations with parents, and even some of my trainers play on a game called Fortnite, I think it is. And it's right. super, super popular, but the kids now are going home to their sort of respective houses rather than being together because it's easier for them to play against each other in this virtual world. Right. And, and the concern there is, That's you crazy, know, at what it? stage do we lose these, mm. these people skills that are so important for certainly managing inside your own head, yeah. but also being able to help other people yeah, big manage time. that. And big I time. think, I've, you know, when, when you get to a point where you know, there's children that can't look you in the eye or speak to you properly. I know that <laughs> these skills are going to be needed, these techie skills and coding yeah. and yeah, yeah. being able to um, work tech in any way. But I feel like that's being largely lost. When we were kids, we didn't have... I mean, my, my little cousin I saw at the weekend, She had. she's 11. She's got Snapchat, Instagram... Um, you know, Kate. she's got a phone. And they all have. It's not just her. Yeah. But we didn't get... <laughs> I mean, we I didn't have a phone until I was... Sort of seventeen, seventh year, eighth year at school, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I'm, yeah, I'm, you know, forever, forever the optimist. I, I'm, you know, I'm hoping. Well, I, I, you know, I think it's happening in in silos, but I, I reckon there will be a. Just, I'm just, I'm just bored of looking at a screen. You know, I'm, I'm hoping there's going to be this wave, which I think, I think, I think will happen. Oh well, you know, I'm forever the optimist. I hope yeah. it will, but you know, just almost like you know, I just don't it's want to enough, look at a screen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, too yeah. much. You know, and and you know, and so, and so often, you know, it just it just gets saturated. You know, a notification is a notification yeah. across all platforms. A visual is a visual. You know, sort of things. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm hoping that it will, it will kind of you know yeah. come back on itself, and you know, we'll be reminded of exactly yeah. what you just said. Chris. One thing you can get on your f on the phone now is this um, screen time. Have you seen this? No. Yeah. Mm. Scary. It tells what you. It? it tells you how much time you've just been looking at your phone throughout the day. Oh really? And um, and on what apps and what you've been doing scary I scared myself yesterday looking at it because if you're I mean I'm lucky enough not to have to sit and look at a screen all day mm. I mean I do do a, a fair amount of work on my laptop um, 
but have the freedom to be able to move around and and train and be in the gym and communicate with lots of different people. And I, but I imagine if you're in a if you're in an office job, which a lot of people are, and the, because there are a lot of office jobs that can yeah. be very successful careers, obviously. But that's a lot of screen time on the train, screen time at home, screen time. I'm going a bit off piste here, but that is worrying. Mm. Yeah, it does. But I like that you said you're forever the optimist. There's because if I sit and think about it too much, what way it's going to go? It freaks me out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm, yeah. I'm about to become a dad as well, so I've got me to too. start. When are you? When are you due? Uh, Mar March. Oh, May. Awesome. Just after you, May nineteenth. Yeah. Excellent. But it just changes changes your mindset. Now I've got even when again what you were saying about kids. Now, like how do you how do you manage that when they're when they're old enough yeah. to be and allowed these? Yeah, I mean, and ju- just on this very point alone, the mere fact of what we're doing right now, you know, conversations, yeah. decent real yeah, yeah. conversations, and your and your kid's going to be what I don't know six or seven when they might listen back to this episode and they'll hear their dad. Shut my laptop. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but so. you know, like pro- proper, honest, decent conversations—the real stuff that matters—with yeah. a little bit of positivity, you know, thrown in there. H- happy days, you know. The, f- the mere fact that we're being attentive to this now, I guarantee, is going to make us better dads when the time comes. Yeah, you know, so yeah, yeah cause it's, it's right. we're, we're definitely mindful of it. Yeah, I, I like to think anyway. Yeah, but back to your foot's flat on the accelerator. Um talk us through italy yeah yeah so we booked this two-week trip out to italy myself and georgie you know we're engaged then uh yeah um, you know so fortunate to to be married now we booked this two-week trip out there and I, i remember even being landing uh landing in northern italy um georgie went off to get the bags and because i was so wired i was going up to people secretly in the airport saying i am going to be the next Steve Jobs and really? you look pretty savvy I'm going to want you on my team I'm like, interesting where, where can we find out I was like just just watch this space did your fiance know no, no right. none of this and then, I know right and then and that, that's, that's the thing with this there is a very comical side to yeah. you know this whole chapter yeah now yeah, yeah yeah exactly exactly and we, we you know and then we get to the hotel and it's, it's this lovely rustic half developed hotel family led and I was were like you, um, were you happy in yourself yeah mate at oh, this time beyond happy he was yeah that's this, i must admit this has caught me out i i thought we was good i thought we'd hear the opposite side like you weren't happy mm. um that's exactly what i thought yeah mm. that it that you would or or just like periods of elation with depression like very close together yeah yeah i didn't yeah. realize that it i didn't realize it was a it's different heightened, heightened emotion in a kind of in a positive way yeah. to a certain point yeah i didn't realize it was you know like this this peak I thought it was, it was kind of, it would be... It's, diff- it's different for everyone, you know, bipolar, sure. generally. Okay. But yeah, I mean, this is, you know, it, it, my story of one of thousands and thousands. And uh, yeah, mine was certainly the six months, um, you yeah. know, of gradual escalation of movies. So um, on, you're in the hotel, I'm dying to hear Yeah, that. yeah, well, you know, at this point, I've, you know, I've got to be honest, I, you know, I, I genuinely started having these grandiose delusions. And I wasn't having, you know, I wasn't seeing anything that wasn't real and directly in front of me, but... Um, there's one exercise I want to do and I still want to do this I, I remember standing by the pool looking down towards Lake Garda and if you ask me to paint a picture of that view I reckon I could pick out every shade of green in every tree between where the, where the hotel was and Lake Garda because my senses were wired and, uh, and there's a film called Limitless with um, yeah, Bradley yeah? Cooper yeah that's but the yeah, best yeah. visual representation of you know he took those pills right yeah. every heightened sense um, but even he learned that it wasn't sustainable it's not worth chasing that because yeah. it's not real 
Yeah. It's not real. It was it was fake. Well, don't it, go on one of those pills, though. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I really hope that message is coming across to you guys listening to this. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a dangerous um, pursuit. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, you know, I, at this point, you know, from Mark Zuckerberg, Steve Jobs, um, we're in the hotel and I even stripped down a book of Apple's simplicity, which I thought could be applied to our modern times. I've still got it. And I genuinely believe it was a new age Bible. And I, uh, you know, spent all night stri- stripping it down, rewriting it, whatever. And the next so, morning, sorry, the next this is an actual book. This is an actual book. Yeah. yeah that what I kind of, it's, it's called um, Obsessively Simple. This, the obsession that drives oh, Apple's success. App- yeah, sorry, right, yeah, yeah. So I thought I could apply this for the individual. Okay. You know, minimalist, very, try to keep things as simple as possible yeah. so i thought i'd just try and convert it and then i was like this is a new age bible i believe in this so much and actually you know there is still a lot of truth in it right, anyway yeah. so you know just one example of some of the things that was going on you know when we we're down by the pool i kept snucking off to to make promises to the family at the hotel i couldn't keep and at one point i bought a bottle of wine for every single room in the hotel secretly and asked the hotel staff to secretly put it in their rooms as a gesture from from this guest and I, I did get some smiles the next morning at breakfast as you can imagine yeah um so anyway you know spending money i didn't have promises i couldn't keep grandiose ideas elevated me the alarm bells are going off and this really sort of the transition to the second half of the story because georgie calls her mother who's in the uk and my mother who's in holiday on holiday in portugal at the time to come and be with us because something's this isn't right this is severe i can't deal with this by myself bless her right. georgie yeah, just yeah. a lifesaver honestly yeah. um so they do they start making arrangements to come be, come be with us and so then there's we go on. was there a moment that made her do that uh she got a bottle of wine in her room well actually yeah i mean one of the nights i basically spent the night you know, we were at the hotel for three nights and on the third night i decided to customize my own perfect space in the courtyards by sleeping i wasn't sleeping but laying <laughs> in a dried out fountain with parasols <laughs> from the swimming pool with some bread from the restaurant half a bottle of wine you know to create this like perfect space because i was yeah that'll do it oh, all of that all yeah, of that. yeah exactly yeah <laughs> that'll, that'll do it yeah <laughs> love it um yeah alarm bells going off and then um and then the, and then we we get into the crux of it but uh a psychiatric ward that georgie found out about about uh, a two-hour drive away in verona we start driving over there you know she's telling her mum and my mum to meet us there and on the way there i was like this compulsion to get this idea out of my system you know th- there are so many people around the world suffering i believe that my ideas and my words can ease that suffering i have to get these ideas out of my system you can imagine the state that we're in so, so we put over on the hard shoulder we're like you know you, as your wife said right we're going to yeah we packed up the fiat 500s and uh, at this point obviously we're in italy um <laughs> You know, and I'm happy to go, you know, at this point I was happy to go along with anything as long as it didn't get in my way of easing the suffering of right. global society so you're just at this like, point. yeah, whatever, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I pull over on the hard shoulder and uh, it's, it's quite hard revisiting this yeah. chapter because you can imagine what Georgia was going through. Yeah, yeah terrifying, I'm sure. Terrifying. Yeah. Properly. Yeah. I scramble out the car. I start walking down the hard shoulder. I start jogging down the hard shoulder. I pick up the pace, start stripping down just to my khaki shorts, start to put my hands up, slow lane, middle lane, fast lane, stop, 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 stop. Stood in the middle of the motorway, tears of elation running down my face, arms outstretched, crying, praying. I was in this state of mental euphoria because I was like, this is it. 
this is the moment this is the point of singularity i've been looking for to reset society globally and my answer get this was to preach and to encourage the world to slow down and follow their hearts which i believed was the the answer the answer um and there's the irony i was going at 200 miles an hour yeah (laughs) yeah as were the cars that were steaming towards you well they were stop them and i can still picture the face with the guy uh you know at the front of the queue looking at me he's like what the hell is this guy on yeah and then i was like on you go one at a time slow down follow your heart unbelievable shit that's proper were were you scared doing this but not just complete euphoria Mm. fuck i could almost as you were telling that feel that you were probably buzzing out of your mind on adrenaline i'd imagine yeah Made my heart go a bit like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, me, me, me too. And you know, and I've got a. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard revisiting yeah, what Georgie sure. was going through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, re- so it's than, really yeah. hard. And and the, and the hard bit is, is it was me, but it wasn't me. Yeah. You right, know, it, right. it wasn't. Ah, oh, yeah. It's, what, it's a tricky, it's what, a tricky um, dynamic. How did they get you off the road? Yeah, so uh, the uh, police officers show up and the ambulance team show up, and but then I'm like. You're gonna be my head of security. Obviously, obviously, you know, you're gonna be my <laughs> just in time, fella. Yeah, yeah. Chief, chief medical officer. I've got a job for you. <laughs> 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 um, you know, we're, we're gonna set up our headquarters at the Coliseum. Um, this is it. Um, I need you on my team. All this conviction, you know, and you could see in their eyes where they're like has this guy got something or is this just is this guy just gone yeah and but you know it's, it's true what, you know, what, I, in I, that they were like smalls convinced that there was yeah, there was they were yeah. like nodding and smiling and listening and trying to understand what i was saying yeah and looking at each other like nodding oh, i imagine because you were coherent and yeah you probably as as insane as it sounds now i'm sure when you were delivering it mm. to them albeit you're in the middle of a motorway and half naked right but if you've convinced yourself something's true quite often when you're relaying that to people it's a lot of conviction yeah in you, I'd massively, the time. Mass- but ins- yeah. In- insanity is absolutely on point i'd lost my sanity right yeah 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 fuck right what was um and it's pretty th- you, you just said it was probably mo- one of the most difficult things for you was what was happening to your wife as well what was the relationship like with your wife at that time um she wasn't becoming a fan of the person that i was developing into that's the crux of it would you, you know? st- would you still have you know conversations that wasn't to do with what was going on in your head um oh, see, i mean it's hard thinking back of that whole chapter and not only picturing the conversations and ideas that yeah, i had to change the world you know it just completely upset you know it just completely became every Every waking moment, every atom of my being was tunnel visioned on easing the suffering yeah. going on out there. So, it's, yeah, it's, that's a good, really good question. Really good question. And I would love to tell you that we had discussions about what we were going to have for dinner that night, but I cannot remember I a single. Assume, I assume you've placed so much importance on this vision that mm. they become, those conversations become er- erroneous, like relevant. Yeah. But it's just, you know. it also just made me think I'm, I'm quite into. I'm really into like the highly successful people like your um, Steve Jobs and stuff like that. And 
again, I was watching a documentary recently called um, The Defiant Ones. It's really good. It's about Dr. Dre and a fellow, Jimmy Irving, yeah. Yeah, Jimmy Irving who right. sold Beats headphones to Apple. Mm. And that Jimmy Irving is as driven as Steve Jobs. And there was a, a section in it where they was interviewing his ex-wife and she was, and Dr. Dre's wife. And they were kind of saying, when you marry someone like that, you have to, you have to remember who they are. They have this obsession. And when they want to work, you've kind of got to let them work. And mm. it's not easy being married to that person. But then she also went on Jimmy Ivey's wife to say, um, and I, I, you know, I give him that space. I let him be who he wants to be because I knew he was obsessed. But I didn't want a divorce until one day, all of a sudden, I wanted a divorce. Mm. And it's like, do you know what? I can't do this anymore. Mm. And even the, the Steve Jobs documentary follows him and a bit of a funny relationship he has with other people. There must be a fine line between yeah, that ridiculously agreed. driven person. Because what you're saying now, you are so tunnel visioned and surely your Steve Jobs of the world are so tunnel visioned. Otherwise, Apple would never have been what Apple is today. You yeah. know? There must be a fine line between what happened to you and, and the ultra, ultra successful people out there, yeah. you know? Yeah, like I can't wait to watch that documentary. It's really good. Yeah, yeah and yeah, um, you know, I'm just listening to you talk, and I'm like, I'm just thinking of Georgie massively yeah. Yeah. all of that, you know. And I like to think, <coughs> um, you know, we're in 2019 now. This is 2012. You know, like seven years on, I like to think that I've got this, yeah. and I like to think that um, I've put in the homework over the past seven years without fast tracking for all of this to to really remind myself what matters most yeah. in the life that we lead and, and family first yeah. she sounds incredible you know? for your reference that's yeah that's yeah deeper. she is mm. yeah she really is so you've got so the um the emergency services have arrived they're on board they're on board <laughs> <laughs> they say you set up you set up the um board of directors <laughs> then then um where what i assume they take you to the psychiatric oh yeah fast track fast yeah. track strap yeah, me yeah. down strap me down fast track and then they just start pumping me pumping me pumping me full of drugs enough to sedate a sumo wrestler just to make yeah, me slow really. down and eat and sleep and you know it's two and a half weeks in the psychiatric ward in italy really confusing two two and a half weeks um flown back to the uk um it, was, it wasn't the british embassy i still need to work out who they were but two nurses flew out from britain to bring me back to escort me back to the UK with, with Georgie and my mum as well. Um, fast track to the Maudsley in South South London, one of the UK's sort of most prominent psychiatric wards in the UK, but not a nice place to be. It's awful, properly underfunded, a dark, dank place, scary place to be. What so, was the one in Italy like? <coughs> um, very clean. Yeah, they really looked after me, really looked after me. You and, want a uh, ward or do you, are you in your own room? How do, how do uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was quite... It's quite um, quite nice, you know. I had a, I shared a room, and you know, I still remember the guy I was sharing with. Really, you know, he just wasn't in a good place. But it, but you know, a lot of people on this particular ward again were um, having grandiose ideas. I've always been. I've always. This is always a question I've liked to, wanted to ask someone. That if you're if you're around, if you have an issue like that, mm. and you're around other people that have an issue like that, how how is that ever going to be a healthy way to? resolve it i know that for want of a better solution but yeah if you put a load of nutters in the same room mm. what uh yeah then? i mean yeah i was drugged I was, I was literally drugged up is that is that the is that generally yeah it's happened? just uh, well yeah i mean uh, you know i'm so grateful for you know these five weeks on the wards because um i was in a safe place right you know it's, it's not it's not a prison but it's a secure environment 
Um, you know, I was only I was only conscious and awake for ten percent of the time I was in there. Really? Yeah. You know, and when I was awake, I was I had these. You know, it's almost like my gearbox. I recognised that my gearbox was was a bit broken because. You know, at one point I'm like, let's go, let's go to the Coliseum. Where are we? Where's my Kratom 7 outside that we're all going to have, we're all going right. to cruise down there together. Um, where's my head of security gone? Yeah, <laughs> he's fucking let me down. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, all of that, all of that. Um, you know, yeah, but then, then I was like, this isn't right. You know, Georgie's mum's here. My mum's here. This, this isn't right. Did and you, then, Did you, you feel know, safe? Yeah, I felt safe. Yeah. Yeah, I felt safe. And then, um, you know, when I was in the Maudsley, I felt less safe. Yeah. When yeah. I was, was on that, the was that in London, sorry? Yeah, so. yeah, it's, um, it's in uh, Denmark Hill. Okay, right. <coughs> so, uh, yeah, pr pretty scary place to be in there. And then, uh, you know, I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't actually sectioned, but, you know, I, was, you know, I could have left at any point, but had I done, they would have sectioned me. Oh, I see. Um, and then, you know, obviously the, the day before I left, they said it's bipolar. And, I and interestingly, when, I, when they gave me, Georgie and my mum, the diagnosis, I actually thought, I can do something with this. Like, at least I know yeah, what this is yeah, now. Yeah. Um, you know, so some people take the diagnosis in different ways, but for me, there was a glimmer of um, control, I guess, because clarity I, as well. I yeah, 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 a little bit of clarity. Um, so you've got, um, once you come out, they then diagnose you with bipolar. Yeah, it was the day before, so just before they uh, before they discharged me. And um, at that, that that stage, how how what's your mental? Yeah, well, well this, this this begins the second half of 2012, and and did, I, you did you know? Could you logically take yourself through what had happened, and you knew, okay, that got out of hand, and I feel better now, and I'm feel a bit more grounded now. What was your? Yeah, well, I you know, on reflection, I think they let me out a little bit too early. Okay. You know, I, I was I was very hard work for 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 georgie and my family you know during that first month particularly when i was discharged and um yeah brace yourself people but you know i i, I basically went and i remember thinking this like the week after being discharged um that i've gone from having a hundred percent conviction in every atom of my being every thought, every word every cell of my body i had a hundred percent conviction you know and suddenly i had zero conviction i could not trust a single thought that was going through my head i couldn't trust a single word that was leaving my lips Fuck. and because of that i was tra trapped um and bed bound and you know walking two meters to, br to brush my teeth every day it was fucking hard yeah right. For, i can imagine i can imagine yeah. And, and then and then and, and, and then and then and then the subtitles to that the embarrassment the holy shit what have i done shit i'm not working i can't work yeah what the hell are my friends and family gonna think what the hell recognizing that some of the stuff i was sharing in the lead up to 2012 was so far gone mm. and wow holy shit yeah. and, and then you can you can imagine the state i was in it's difficult to yeah, but, but just I think you've you've illustrated that quite well in in what was going through your mind there, and from that high in your mind to to that low mm. to everything making hundred percent sense and hundred percent conviction to just snatched away all of it, trapped as well. Just second guessing everything, I bet. Everything so is this what what? Yeah, yeah, fuck. And in in this, in, in the same way that you, Chris, you're like you're str struggling almost to find the words yeah 
in that, in that same dark, dank, wet confusion, I struggled to find the thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, I was very, uh, again. You know, with all of this, super fortunate, amazing family. Can you imagine if? Like, oh no, I, 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 I wouldn't. I, sim- I simply would not be here. Yeah. No way. Plus, talking therapy straight into critical talking therapy twice a week with grace who also saved my life yeah and <clears throat> i've got to share there's this one particular occasion this is how close to the wire it got where after probably two two months of being in that state <coughs> um i decided i was gonna take my life and i did make a note um and you know snooze 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 no energy trying to get trying to get even just a little bit of ounce of energy to do what i was planning got dressed 4 p.m got dressed went to grab the car keys and i couldn't find them because my family had hidden them and georgie had hidden them great preventative measure yeah and that the same day i had a, a talking therapy session lined up with grace so i was like i'm flustering because i can't find the car keys and i was like okay well i might as well just go and see grace i might as well go and have my session with grace and then i'll find the keys and then i'll take no, my drive yeah. um don't really need to yeah, go yeah, into yeah. too much more detail. Um, and I, and I, I still think had I've not had that session with Grace, particularly that afternoon, again I question whether I'd be here now. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm so fortunate to have had that because I, I, I was in a critical state, and you know I really feel for this. so many, of probably some of you listening to this who may be really craving, you know, and, and, and needing that talking therapy that maybe can't access it on the NHS. Um, and, uh, and again, after the, the adventure stuff, we can talk about my beliefs in the power of coaching, one-to-one personal talking coaching. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll come to all of that. But um, I'm so grateful, you know, the people around me and the medication as well, which took three years to get right. But I was grateful that we were trying. Yeah. I was willing to do what I needed to do pretty much for my family at this point because it wasn't until January 2013 where I took a, a decisive action to, to take the steps to be happy again and my okay. strategy was to strip it all back and to start again yeah having like i mean ev- i mean obviously we've all gone through our own battles to some degree and no, like n- nothing on that scale but like having like sharing a problem or sharing your thoughts or um any dark thoughts that you might have is just such a massive weight off your mind and i think if you don't have that support network yeah which i know you guys as um are we okay uk that that is what you do that's it um then that's a struggle that's a that's a sentence yeah yeah you know that is difficult to to finish big time and um, we need it more than ever in today's yeah. society and my th- i was at the dentist the other day and i was thinking you know i've just spent 40 quid at the dentist and i I'm, my guess is is that 80 percent of the, of the country do that once a year 25 50 quid on the dentist when have we last done that i want to see have a dentist. talking therapy session <laughs> jesus yeah, yeah. Well, you know but <laughs> what percentage of people will, yeah. inv- will invest 50, yeah, yeah. 50 quid a year for two check-ins to yeah. have a chat with somebody just to have a check-in yeah do you know what i mean yeah i, I agree and, and it I've doesn't have to be more complicated than that yeah i've actually i think i had this conversation in my last podcast that why we'd spend a few hundred quid on looking good physically in our outfits and getting our teeth whitened or whatever <laughs> have you ever no. Uh, what? I mean, they are. <laughs> that, what, sorry? They are very, they are very nice. <laughs> I was going to say. It was 500 quid anyway. <laughs> but, uh, but we wouldn't spend it on improving our mental... Well-being, yeah. Yeah, mental well-being. About, but talking to someone is so powerful. It's crazy 
how powerful it is. Look, well, I mean, you've proved you. Mm. I think we've all done it, haven't we? You, you've seen what, talk you to people? in the past, yeah. Oh, sorry, therapy. I don't yeah. mean talk to other humans, Rick. <laughs> I know you've done that. I've had different. You are very good at yeah. talking to other humans. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a couple, and I have. Um, yeah, I've had hypnotherapy. Yeah. Yeah, I awesome. think it's. I mean, it's super helpful. Awesome. Yeah, massively. I've had For a me, shit ones though as well. Oh really? So, yeah. That right. I'd like to talk to you about at some point. Yeah, kind of hit a home run it's difficult. One. I think the way um, that you, because ser- everyone's so unique, it's mm. difficult to find. Uh, one, one therapist that I had and, and was really helpful, um, not for any reason in particular, just I wanted to just air my, just get some stuff out of my head. Mm. Yeah. Um, was really helpful. And then I've had one that was, I found really Why um, you stick awkward. With that one? Because I did it, I, I went to a few sessions and there wasn't anything that I could pinpoint that there wasn't anything wrong, so yeah. to speak. I just had so much going on in my head and I just didn't want to, and I don't I don't want people to think that they are being a bore if they tell their family or friends because it's not that far from the truth, but I didn't want to, I, I felt know. like I was, all, I felt like I was just talking about me to everyone. Yeah. So I was talking to my family and friends about it and it's a bit like, yeah, talking just talking about yourself yeah. all the time is yeah. a bit indulgent. Um, that's how it felt. Yeah. Um, and so or, someone. Or you're burdening people. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly that. That's um, a big one, isn't it? Yeah. I did. Well, I don't think I. I didn't feel that way. Perhaps I was, but I didn't have anything in particular that I w- wanted to share. I just had was going through some ups and downs, like everyone does, and and I just wanted to. I don't know. I just wanted someone to listen to me. It's, yeah. That is a commodity that is few and far between. Just actually having someone listen it's yeah. gonna happen it's gonna yeah. happen the tide the tide the tides are, are turning yeah it's happening such a skill though like to actually listen especially with all this tech that we're talking about like it and but when you when you take time to actually listen to someone mm-hmm. it's just yeah it, it makes such a big difference big time yeah um, i remember something that made a massive difference for me it was something i heard on a podcast it was a Lon- london real podcast shout out to them it's a really good great podcast and there was an entrepreneur that they had on and he was talking about listening to his wife and how, as men, we're classic. If your wife comes to you about a shit day at work because a particular particular person would go into one about, right, this is what we're going to do. And you have to try and fix the problem or she's got something wrong. Right, I'm a husband. I can fix this. Don't worry. I've got this. Yeah. Let's fix it. It's right. And he said on there, just shut up. You don't need to fix it. People don't want you to fix their problems. Yeah. Sometimes if you just shut up and listen to them, They'll finish the conversation and they'll be like, Whoa, I feel so much better. And you've said nothing. Big time. It's, it's tough, just though. It's tough. I find it tough. Yeah. I mean, if you listen to a conversation between like a group of people, quite often it's just people waiting for their turn to talk. Yeah. yeah and you can yeah. see people like, I mean, I do it all the time. Yeah. And I'm really, I'm really conscious of it. Yeah. Um, it's, so, it's so true. Really. But the it's stuff so, I've got to so, say so is true. really important. <laughs> 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 so if everyone could just stop talking for one minute, it's my time. Now. Listen to me. <laughs> And you had to join us. <laughs> so tell us more about um, your your road to recovery. Yeah, yeah. So so yeah. Jan- January thir- t- January twenty thirteen. Um, my turning point was it was in Sainsbury's actually. I, I was I was I, I froze in Sainsbury's um, because I was so overwhelmed. I couldn't make a simple choice of cereal, and I was like, I- I'm done with this. I need to strip it all back, start it all again. And you know, I, and I did. I just started this really cathartic process of creating a really 
clean, quiet environment around me. So I, I decluttered everything, you know, really decluttered everything that wasn't adding value or wasn't aesthetic, you know, around me, a really quiet space. And then I just started going with, you know, apps on my phone or responsibilities. Yeah, so, you know, on the small scale, it was apps on my phone. It was, you know, just clothing that wasn't adding value anymore. It, and then and then I started looking at my phone. I was decluttering my phone and then my email inbox. And, you know, I just, I just started to create a really cathartic... Um, cleansing process was you back to work at all yeah, uh, i started going back part-time right and and then i discovered this whole practice is, is called minimalism which is about yeah. stripping life back to its uh, well you know um uh, ridding yourself of life's excess so that you can focus on what really matters most yeah. ultimately uh, and you know uh, and then i found this recipe which i absolutely stick to um it sounds as though you've heard of the minimalists yes, yeah I there you go say, so yeah. i absolutely subscribe to this it's, it's, it's a movement bunch, yeah two, two guys, guys stage, who, who yeah. did the same thing as this 100 things they keep done All, yeah something yeah there's, there's loads of uh yeah you can check out um I think it's just minimalism, the documentary, uh, okay. Josh, Joshua and uh, really Ryan. Good. It's all, it's amazing. Theminimalist.com, well worth checking out. Cool. So so they went through this cathartic process and knew that people would find value in it. Um, and the recipe that I started subscribing to was to channel as much of my time, energy and focus into my health, my relationships, my passions, my growth and being in service to other people in, in balance. Health being my number one. Because right. if I wasn't in a good place mentally, how on earth could the other things happen? Yeah. Um, and And... I'm back at work. I'm socializing again. I like to think that, you know, I, I'm more in balance. Um, I've you got the same friend circle throughout the whole thing. Or? Yeah, my friends are incredible. Yeah, yeah, very close best mates. Uh, Tom Lee. Um, just so much to be said about those the people around you. Yeah, you? so important. Mm. Um, and we'll get and we'll get to that with yeah, Are We yeah. Okay because that's one of the three pillars. Um, you know, and 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 people, uh, you know, and because I've always been expressive, I just started sharing sharing this stuff you know even at um you know even at family barbecues or wherever it was you know i was very open about everything that i'd been through and on nine times out of ten people would say i've never heard anybody talk like this or i've never known that's what it's like to be in a manic state or i've never known that that's what it was and, I, and i'm just thinking i'm all, all i'm doing is just telling you what i've been through but the value that people were getting yeah is off the scale i mean yeah. you, you probably got a bit of this from the podcast already right yeah definitely definitely i think well, it just it comes back to just sharing things again, isn't it? And, and giving permission to others to share their yeah, that's stuff. a really good way of putting it. Yeah, and I really liked um, there was a TED talk that you mentioned on um, on your Instagram because I was just doing a bit of research today and I found it and it was uh, I'm done with being man enough, man enough. Justin Baldoni. That was it. Yeah, awesome. I watched that today. I'm not going to lie to you, I had a little cry. Me too. Um, Justin Baldoni, Chris. Well, I'm done trying to be man enough, Ted Talk. Oh, I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. Sorry, everyone. But yeah, it's really it's really good. And You sent it to me earlier, right? Yeah. Did you cry? Yes. I'm a yes, crier. I I'm both a, did. I definitely will. <laughs> good. Both did. I'll cry at a Sainsbury's ad, right, mate? Well, but I cried at Big Fish, <laughs> the Ewan McGregor comedy. Big Fish? That is the weirdest it? film in the world. Mate, if you, if you don't cry at the end of that, you're a monster. I'm going to go back and watch it again. I just remember it being really odd. Anyway, but you just ma made a great point of when you do it when you show your own vulnerability you give other people permission mm -hmm. to do the same Big which time. is a stupid thing way to think of it really because none of us should need permission for that but um yeah it's a really good way of putting it yeah and when you i think there's a, there's definitely in vulnerability there's there's likability i think mm. when when you're 
when you share with someone some deep thoughts, it's you make a connection with them. I think big time, which are, which is comes back to what you were saying about yeah. having the right friends and family around you. Yeah, right. Which is the perfect sort of step forward to 2017. Yeah. So back at work, all of that's happening. Sharing the story, people are finding value in it. Get asked to do some public speaking. Starts to get traction just naturally, very organically, alongside um, Snow Camp still being back there. Yeah. <coughs> Things developing very well. And I was like, I've got to do something with this. And I could not think of a better way to share my story and actually keep more men alive by talking, which is what I wanted to focus on for this particular project, than by returning to Italy in 2017, giving myself a time to get myself in a great place mentally, doing my research with the kit and partners and how I was going to package this message I couldn't think of a better way to share my story on a big scale than by returning to Italy but this time running over 65 days 1,250 miles solo from the Coliseum back to the London Eye and we did it it was a team effort behind the scenes we freaking smashed it in 65 days Mm. 1,250 miles correct Plus, plus, That's going back to get my GoPro on occasion, every day. Because well, you forget it. No, no, like, this is the mileage I've not counted up on Strava, where to get the continuity on the videos, I was, I was doing daily videos, you can watch them all on YouTube, punch in Rome to home, you can watch every single daily video, uh, five to 10 minutes long each. But to get that continuity to tell the whole story, I had to, you know, when I was like, this, this is a great scene, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd take a few steps forward and face the GoPro facing backwards, do my running, pass the GoPro, jump back over it, spin the GoPro uh, around, but, carry yeah. on, oh, sorry, right, go back okay. and get the GoPro. Right. So I probably, I probably told, probably uh, at least a, an extra third that I should so be you're, considering. So you're doing about twenty miles a day, averaging twenty miles Does a day. How many days off? Um, I had a couple of days off, so um, my Lazy, yeah, yeah <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> um, so my my smallest day was probably ten miles, but my biggest day was fifty-four miles. Um, I had a fifty-four miles day running to Paris. I wanted to arrive in style. My uncle wasn't very happy with me because I promised him I wouldn't push it too hard. But after, you know, fifty days, um, I wanted to give it the beans arriving in Paris. So that was fifty four miles. But I was match fit by then. I was yeah, I, bet. Yeah, I was uh, two months in. Um funny how I mean obviously you trained for it, but it's funny how you can push through what you think is your limit. Big time. Um, go further. Massively. I bet you didn't think at any point before that 54 miles that you're going to be running 54 miles. Uh, no, no, certainly not. But so you can do it, right? And that's yeah. incredible. Yeah, thank you. Well, thanks. That is incredible. Um, it's mad. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, you know, I, I gave myself the time to get ready. Yeah. You know, number one was to get my mental health in the right place and get enough medication to, to see me through for the time that I was out there. Um, and, you know, the right kit, the right homework, the right mindset, and quite honestly, I focused on, and I kept asking myself this, and this was my one mental strategy with the whole thing, was what is the best that could happen over those 65 days? Yeah. What is the best that could happen? And I visualized that for a whole year, and the amount of times that I flew over the whole route on Google Earth to visualize what I was gonna be doing over those 65 days. And I cannot tell you, not only how that manifested, but the magic, the color, the vividness, the warmth, the positive energy, the zero negative interaction with not a single soul from the Coliseum all the way home, the generosity of the Italians, the Swiss and the French, the connection with everybody. And it was all 
positive energy and visualizing what is the best that could happen not only over those 65 days but every single day when i woke up i was so grateful to be out there i was grateful for every single person who had supported me to be out there um i'm grateful for this right now guys because this the adventure continues yeah, yeah. right now and, and i love it i absolutely Dan, love before it before we go any further on that point um how did you distinguish that feeling of you for like that feeling of positivity and euphoria and wellness how did that feel different to the period before that led to that massive downfall? Because yeah, yeah. it's clearly different. Yeah, it was different. But, um, but was there a bit of you that was like, shit, I've started to feel good again? Was that, is there I'll, a bit I'll, of you? I can tell you right now. I'm going to take you to uh, day... I'm going to take you straight to day 16 on the adventure because right. this was the defining moment on the adventure. So I left the Colosseum on the 25th of August, um, a beautiful golden sunrise through the arches of the Colosseum, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 7 a.m., boom, go. Um, I watched that this morning. Did really, you? Yeah. Awesome. Really emotional. Oh, mate, awesome. Yeah, oh, mate, it, oh, yeah it really well. was. It really was. And, and actually, I felt so calm. We're, after an hour of setting off, I, I was like, I've done the hard work. Mm. I've just got to put one foot in front of the other now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but sure. Well, no, no, I mean, it did, it did yeah. yeah. I mean, it, yeah. You've I got to run to London. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's a lot, a lot of thought has gone into yeah, your training. Yeah, and you, and then you, you, you get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get job done, yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I'm winding up through Rome and, um, you know. Sorry, day 16. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Winding my way up through Tuscany. Siena was amazing on day 10. Winding my way up through... Uh, Tuscany and heading up towards central Italy <coughs> and I woke up on day 16 to five separate messages from five separate people a couple of best mates three family members they said Dan we're worried about you we think you're hypermanic your videos yesterday just did not make sense they were way too fast tracked elevated you were talking fast look at your mileage you do not need to be doing more than 20 miles a day yeah. you're up to 28 miles you're two you know you're two weeks in you're going too fast you're putting the whole thing in jeopardy. And it was really hard to take that. Again, no Formula One driver wants to be told to slow down. Yeah. But I had to accept it. And it took it took me an hour to accept it. And the and the rawest video on the adventure was when I just pressed record on the GoPro because I promised everybody I'd be a hundred percent truthful. And it is the rawest five minutes, I think. Um, you know, speaking about myself, but it's it's a pure raw emotion that I spoke down the camera and I had to accept that I was hypermanic. My mind was running away with me. I was becoming insane again. Yeah. Scary, scary, properly. Get this. Before the adventure, two of my best mates were originally coming to join me in the Alps when I was going to run over the Alps, the Italian Alps. And two days before the adventure started, they said, oh, we, we've, we've been thinking about it. We're going to come and join you in Tuscany. We fancy seeing Tuscany. So on that same day, 10 miles up the road, after recording that video, two of my best mates were with me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Jason yeah. and Dexter were right there. Yeah. And I needed them. Yeah, I yeah. bet. Talk yeah. about being looked after. Yeah, right. You could not have written it. And that's day, that's 16. 16. Go on, Dexter. And what was the other lad's name? Jason. Fucking lads. <laughs> that's when you need your boysies around you. Yeah, absolutely. More than you know. Yeah. So, more medication. We drop the mileage. We switch off, no social media, we just took it easy, fully present, drop the gears, bring it back down. Needed. Reset, needed, yeah. properly. Awesome. The wow. difference then is that you were mindful enough to know that that shit was going to happen 
because you'd been there before. Mm. Yeah. Experience. Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Good for you. Okay. So um from then on, yeah. Bring you were it able on. to manage that. Yeah, mate. Oh my god. Unbelievable. That's it was incredible. it was it was like um the only the only way I can describe the whole thing was like waking up every day and realizing you're in an oil painting and it's hard to find the words on the other end of the scale now yeah you're in an oil painting that you've visualized and you painted in your mind and you're in it and you're living and breathing it yeah tasting it smelling it it sounds it sounds a lot to me what you were just saying chris a difference between that heightened emotion of the run compared to um, Italy yeah however many years ago uh, well this this you know I like to frame this as I was in fifth gear and this was not seventh right. gear yeah, yeah you know and and I was I, I pushed it to sixth gear and luckily because of the people around me I brought it back down to, to fourth and then and then steadied it at Hover fifth around there, yeah. you know for the other but the, the one thing I've noticed is the gratitude I'm guessing there wasn't it was hard to be grateful for anything back in 2012 because you weren't in that mindset. You was kind of go, go, go. But during the run, it sounds like you were very grateful. Big time. I could, could can hear it in your voice from the, the positivity, mm. the people you met. You're just grateful for, for all of it, yeah. I'd imagine, for the whole journey. Yeah. Isn't it bizarre how, I mean, through everything, and I'm a bit of a book nerd, um, as is Rick, and seemingly everyone who has achieved real happiness success as far as i would um, define it seems to have at some stage hit rock bottom or there or thereabouts has been through some sort of turmoil to help you reframe what is actually important and what actually does make you happy yeah because i'm, I'm gonna ask you too i'm gonna turn that back on you oh, yeah. i mean obviously 100 percent agree yeah um churchill just down the road here in western did say yeah um when suffering finds meaning, it ceases to be suffering. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you, Chris. I mean, you know, y here we are in this awesome um, empire that you're building up here. Yeah, helping a lot of people. Don't call it an empire, for God's sake. <laughs> 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 you know, talk, talk to me. I mean, it's like you you're an exceptionally driven person, and I'm guessing that's come from somewhere as well. Um, I, I as Rick was mentioned earlier, I, I've got um. I've got uh, quite bad ADHD. I say bad. I've got a quite severe ADHD, whereby, um, like I'm, I find it very difficult to concentrate on one task for very long, and my brain goes very, very. I work very, very quickly, um, so I can, I steamroll into a lot of things, and leave this massive mess behind me. And lucky, I've got an amazing team of people here. Uh, we've got a wicked group of managers and business partner, and and Shelley Blesso who who. Um, helps with all of my personal stuff as well. Um, without them, I would I would just be a wrecking ball, definitely. But and and I've but I've I've struggled in the past with addictive behaviours, all sorts of addictive behaviours, and um, a real excessive um, excessive nature as a byproduct of just steaming into things. Um, and I find I I found in the past that doing things in the extreme would help sort of quieten that other side of my brain that, that mm. wanted to do a hundred things at once. So I've just learned 
now through help to manage those um not those thoughts but just manage that like speed in which i'm going but i st i now now that i know what it is which i didn't in the past because i wasn't diagnosed until i was an adult it's not even an, it's not a bad thing you know, and I don't want to put a label on it as being an issue because, and I'm certainly not whinging about it. So it sounds helped. like you've harnessed it. Yeah. Uh, and well, only because you've got Rick here and you've got other people around No, just you. Rick. Just Rick. <laughs> I mean, everyone needs a Rick, <laughs> properly. I've always I've got a tattoo that says exactly that. <laughs> Just but Rick. Where, yeah, where is that tattoo, Chris? Oh, I wouldn't want to say. <laughs> but it was never, I mean, you've had some lows and you've had some pretty destructive behaviours, right, that you've learned from. And thank yeah. you and thank you for sharing. That's, that's epic. Yeah. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I have, yeah. But do you know what? I'm, I've never, I, I, I'm, I'm really grateful for anyone that talks about, I think we get this like perfect view of people's lives and you get, you see on Instagram and Facebook and whatever it may be, Twitter, Snapchat, you see this version of people which is perfect and it's their best, it's their best self. Um, and no one is really willing to open up about what they're actually going through. Everyone is going through their own battles. Yeah. Everyone, whether Amen. they admit it or not. Amen. Um, and I think the people who think they're not are, are either yet to go through them or, or they're, or they're trying to, trying to deny it. Um, so I'm, I forgot what my original point was, but you said you're grateful to people that share their story. Yeah, sorry, I'm grateful people share their story, but I I don't want mine to sound like Man, that, like that, I'm it's, like because it's and not that's been thing, bad, you know, and that, just, and that's a sticking point, right? Like yeah. there, there isn't it, it. We're all going through shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you know, and it's 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 complete. And and when you're in when you're in the valley, and those clouds come in, it's the same feelings that all of us go through. Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't matter if it's being bedbound after a psychiatric ward. There's this. like, I think there's, and this is this is, such a, um, an old school way of thinking about it. But there's a bit of like masculine. There's this thing surrounding masculinity where it's like, and this is exactly what I'm sure you're going to talk to us about with Are You Okay UK. It feels like I felt in the past like, nah, there's nothing wrong. You don't need to talk to someone about it or just man up or like grow some nuts and like yeah and and that that might be why i'm like yeah don't, i don't want to let's talk about something else like but i think the reality is we're just we probably need to just stop being yeah i'm, I'm looking at rick now because he i know exactly yeah. what he is going through his vision right now is this uh, justin baldoni from earlier isn't it it's yeah yeah why he's done trying to be man enough yeah which is exactly what you're talking about yeah which, yeah which is trying to get and you're a classic case for it there's some shit you've been through that i didn't know about until your brother told me that you'd never told me and we've been great mates for a long time yeah you're not really a sharer no <laughs> which is why i think you're what uh, relates to your point you're saying you're you enjoy perhaps dan sharing but you don't i think well that's why this matters right now yeah, yeah. properly the, the hypnotherapist i went to see some summarized it to me really well when i said to her that I don't feel like my struggles are as bad as some people because I asked her about people that have got proper dark stuff going on, have been close to suicide, self-harm. And I, I almost sort of compared my small struggles to theirs. And she said, what you have to kind of remember is that each each person's struggle is their own struggle. It's not, I haven't got anything to relate it to. Yeah. So to me, it's pain. To them, it's pain. To anyone, it's pain. It doesn't, 
it's, it's like a kid coming home from school and his his five year old mates told him that they can't be best mates anymore. To that kid at that time, that's fucking hell. Big time. Yeah, that's the terrible yeah, news. Right. Big time. He hasn't got the perspective of, of an adult, and and, and, that, and that'll leave that'll leave a mark. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And mm. it's some kind of it's a hard point to make that everyone's everyone's struggle, although it might not seem. We shouldn't compare it to each other's struggles, you know, because whatever you go through is your own personal pain. 100%. Yeah, and this is my, well, my original point was that it's... I, I, I've never beat myself up about anything that's happened because... And and, and, so, and I'm largely free from worry or stress. Yeah. I always have been. That's probably what's led to like me being a bit like reckless sometimes. Yeah. Um, But... Which I think comes down to the whole nature and nurture thing. I think that's your nature. Yeah. I am a warrior. I don't think you are. No, but that's not a good thing sometimes. True, but everything's got a... You can turn everything as a strength or a weakness. So I can say, I'm a warrior because I overthink things. Then sometimes it makes me very prepared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll, I'm a details person on the... On the you know, I just think when, when anything, anything bad's happened, I don't know why, but I always think... I always think there's something to learn from it, but then maybe I'll just box it up and dismiss it a little bit quickly. <laughs> I'm like, ah, it's happened. Now let's move on. Next thing, I'll be all right. Just man up a bit. Yeah, it's, str- well, it's a strength and a curse. I, I, don't know, I don't know if you guys listening to this can feel how much of a perfect triangle this is right <laughs> now. I'm not kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm just listening to you to talk and I'm like, I think I'm straight down the middle. I'm a, I've always been a warrior. 33 years in the making. Right. Yet I've got this positive burning energy. Yeah. On, your, on your side, Chris. Yeah. And yeah. here we are. It's meant to be. Yeah. I guess you'd have to have to have got to that low and then gone, what you said about the moment in the supermarket, right, fuck all this, let's strip this back and yeah. start again. That that definitely takes... Homework, actually. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah but I mean, to and, have and that and thought. Ugh. Yeah. You've pulled yourself out. I, mean, I know you said mm. uh, you're very grateful to all your friends and family around you, but at the same time, it's you that said, right, here we go. Enough's yeah. enough. Let's strip this back. And and, and, fu- and funnily enough, I, thank you, thank you. And, and I think um, you know, I've got I've got to take a bit of pride from the fact that I I put in so much homework over the past five years, or the five years between 2012 and 2017. I put in the time yeah. every single day on my commute. I was learning about yeah. minimalism. I was learning about. Um, I you, you know creative purpose. I was learning about what matters most. I educated myself, you know, and, and all of that, just like you guys have. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, I, and I have That's to, right. I have to take quite a pride in that because, you know, number one out of those five things is my health. And we, you know, here we are in this environment now, you know, if you, if you haven't got that, you haven't got anything. And you know what's yeah. great is like these stories where, like your story in particular, any story where you have this peak and then this hit and rock bottom and then getting back to where you really should have been all along, which is where you are now. Mm which is really apparent. I don't know if you can see that, Rick, as yeah. well. Um, yeah. But it sounds like the down of 2012 wasn't really, well, it definitely wasn't where you should have been anyway. No, no. But that, that sort of journey that you go on, when you say it as a story or, or when we explain this to people, it's really easy to see it in this, this one snapshot. Yeah. I was happy. I was very, very sad. Now I'm happier, happy. Mm. I'm on the right path. This is this is where I should be. But the reason why it's it's actually really much much more impressive than that is that it takes fucking ages to do that yeah. right? Daily, and those, oh man right and that that sort of that slog in the middle the dark bit 
that people perhaps haven't been through or, or some have been through to a degree, that's a slog. That is a sentence. feels like a sentence. Yeah. And there are days where it's really hard to see that light at the end of the tunnel, but you have to if you want to get there. Right, and that, well, that I mean, tw- 12, me- 12 men a day yeah. won't, won't make it to yeah. the end of the day. Yeah, and that, exactly. is, and that is why it's so important what you're talking about. Well, this, yeah. this, right now. Yeah. Right now. I can I couldn't be I couldn't be, you know, these words could not be communicated if it wasn't for you guys. Yeah. Um gratitude. Yeah. Yeah. There's people that need to hear that. What the the message that you're saying, right? More people than certainly more people than we think. Mm. And you know, I don't know enough of the stats about um mental health, certainly for men, but I know there is a stigma attached to talking about it for men yeah. still. Big time. Yeah, no, massively, and yeah, uh, I mean that you know the sort of the next transition, um, you know, the the adventure does continue as we speak right now. You know, a lot of visualization and being in this room with you guys and all of that. Um, you know, and we we can skim through the rest of the adventure, but you know, since then, obviously, um, I've had this growing sense that it's not just this is bigger than my story now. Uh, you know, I do have to create this. The, the home of my message the home of my collaborative work like we're doing right now this yeah. this is are we okay uk as mm. we're talking right now to talk to listen to create and to collaborate and i'll never be any more specific than that because it's all to empower the uk to speak up when we're suffering so that together we can show future generations how it's done and and again that that has come about through um you know positive you know paying attention to what matters most uh, including legacy just like you guys um you know so certainly i think um you know from from day 16 with with jason and dexter to you know skimming up through italy heading over the alps dropping down to to lake geneva up to paris 54 mile day uh, a rest day in paris which was epic a few other people coming out to join me which which I, lo- I love them for so much crossing the channel five days on the home leg 160 people waiting for me at the at the London Eye who all played their part to help me get there. I really? wish I'd known. Unbelievable. Those, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, thank you. I mean, you know, it's 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 there to sink into on, on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, you know, and that and that's what it was. So that was the 28th of October, 2017, uh, and so this this compulsion again over the past 12 months, hopefully in the right gear. You know, and, th- and th- there's always moments, right? There's always going to be, uh, you know, am I right? And we yeah. check it. Yeah, you know, it's I not. I think that's important to mention as well. It's, it's not yeah, like it's you've not, got to this point. No. There we go. I'm sweet. Hell Let's no. go. Yeah. It's the, we, we all have to manage whatever's happened to us and whatever compulsions we have. Yeah, it's a lifelong it's lesson, time. isn't it? A mental Constantly adventure managing. that we're all on together. Yeah. Um. And you know, again, again, I think. You know the fact we're in this room now. You know it's just been sort of very organic over the past twelve months. Again, taking the message and these beliefs and these conversations to. A national level now you know i'm slowly i guess <laughs> you know being credited as one of the uk's most passionate and dedicated mental health campaigners but 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 th- this is campaigning right now yeah having these conversations and so you know are we okay uk <clears throat> is it's is me it, it's the it's the message and my, my beliefs packaged um and and like i said i'm not i'm not really willing to be any more specific than talking listening creating and collaborating just like we're doing right now and it's the same intentionality you know we're talking about <coughs> you know 
being intentional and being present so so i do still on a daily basis try and light up those five light bulbs at any given hour of my day my health i love this stuff mental health and we're in a gym mm. relationships you guys you know i'd never met you before today rick yeah. we've only met once chris yeah my passions of course i'm passionate about this we're growing right now we're learning mm. and we are absolutely being a service to other people those five light bulbs are lit up and similarly with are we okay uk we're talking right now we're listening we're creating and we're collaborating I mean, how mission statement? Yeah, it's a good one. right. Yeah, you're firing me up right now. I'm gonna go for a run. I think we're gonna have to take a week off after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just lay down. Just lie down in a dark room and listen to oh, Zen I music. I no, do Chris, that. perhaps not you. I'm double busy. <laughs> <laughs> I've got stuff on. I can't do that. Dan, I wanted to ask you a question about depression, um, because it's a term that gets thrown around so much now, and I think. It's on one hand we've got this um, this stigma that no one's talking about. It's certainly not men or people aren't talking about it enough. But on the other hand, it is a term that is it is possibly banded around a little bit too much at times. Um, and I, I mean, I haven't personally I haven't personally felt that way. I haven't been depressed. I don't think anyway. Um, perhaps I have, and I haven't addressed it as that. Um, but what signs can people look out for that, that is, everyone has bad days, right? At, at what point does a bad day become a, a real red flag that their people are depressed? Because I'm sure like certainly young men, I'm sure that there's a lot of confusion um, for people who are having periods of feeling down and sad, um, but aren't, aren't quite um, in the right headspace to seek help. But maybe they should be. Mm. Does that make sense? Or I just like just <coughs> yeah, no, it does. Yeah, what, what do you think, Rick? Yeah, yeah, well, I think it's like the line between depression and just having a bad day, right? Yeah, that you you should have butted in and put it that simply, Rick. Well, <laughs> well, no, I was listening, but That's and I can I can answer this, but only because, and Dan can answer also. I obviously, want your take on it, but the the reason I went to a therapist is because I had a uh, sleep he was a neurologist i think sorry or um say to me i think you've got mild depression and right. i was like what you're crazy i've got no reason to be depressed whatsoever doc i've been to a sleep therapist because my energies was energy level was shot and i had no idea why this was why i went to see the set therapist sorry um so i i just thought my energy's fucked it must be sleep apnea because i'm really healthy i exercise and i eat well and i'm surrounded by friends and family yeah there's nothing wrong with my energy. It must be my sleep. When he did these sleep studies, they were like, no, you're okay. They did the one where they wire, wire my brain up to watch my brain patterns while I sleep. They're like, it's not perfect, but it's all right. And then <laughs> at the end, at the end so of the whole study, funny, <laughs> at the end of the whole thing, you see a consultant. Yeah. There is, there is comedy in and amongst yeah. all this stuff. There's got to be. Yeah, there's yeah, got to be. be. Yeah. Because yeah, what a fucking weird life we all this weird world we live in. Yeah, You've got you, to laugh you at especially it. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are a bit weird. <laughs> We're right, actually. You make us look normal. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> so Sorry, Rick, you were telling a serious story. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue. <laughs> but you're pretty weird. Um, so anyway, yeah, he's asking me loads of questions. I don't think there's anything wrong with sleep. I don't think you've got sleep apnea. 
Um, and he starts really prying about my work life, starts asking loads of questions. I'm just like, where's he going with this? I don't understand what's happening. Anyway, we get to the end of this long chat and he said, um, have you ever, ever considered that you might be depressed? And I was like, no, nah, you're, you're crazy. I've got absolutely nothing to be depressed about. He was like, funny enough, that's what most depressed people say. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, it like hit me with like a ton of bricks. I was like, it really snuck up on me. Like, I'm not a depressed person, surely not. I can't, you know, and then it made me realise now looking back of what my view was of a depressed person, of a broken person, which was just such a wrong way to look at it. Um, and anyway, it, it come down to the fact that I wasn't challenging myself anymore. My, I got very good at my job. Um, wasn't pushing myself in my work anymore. Yeah. It was just saying yes to every job because I know I can do it. Same money, not looking for the next challenge, not looking to grow. Got too comfortable being comfortable. Way right? too comfortable. He said, I think you need you need to challenge yourself. He said, I don't know what that could be for you, whether you do a skydive, whether you blah, 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 whatever. Podcast. Wow. Podcast. <laughs> he prescribes challenging yourself. Yeah. Wow. It's growth, isn't it? He wow. said, you're not growing anymore. I've never heard that before. Yeah. Awesome. So it was cool. It was, uh, and it really made me think. So yeah, I went on this long journey and saw a therapist, and but how it, how it manifested itself to me when I didn't, I didn't know this, was it was an energy level. It was like, I could, it's so weird. I could feel a heaviness in my chest physically, and heaviness in my chest, and all I wanted to do is I didn't really want to talk to anyone. I just wanted to go so away from everyone and just go and lay down somewhere and just have a little nap. That was, it would hit me sort of once every other day. I'd get through it and on a level, if I see you, I wouldn't be rude to you. You'd probably be able to tell my energy level was a bit low, but it was very, it was very hidden. Wow. Maybe I have then. Yeah, because those things, I, I think, yeah. That's but it stuck and, around. And isn't, isn't that the right question so many of us should ask is maybe. Yeah, maybe like you just said, maybe maybe, yeah. maybe there's some underlying stuff I should talk to someone about. What a great question to ask! Sh sh I think that's, that's I think awesome. It's healthy, yeah, thanks, it'd be Rick. A healthy, um, it'd be a healthy thing for everyone to do. I <coughs> think, like just talking. Yeah, because I can't, I can't imagine anyone hasn't got something they want to say. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, th well, this this is it. I mean, you know the, <coughs> you know the the, the vision and and the world that you guys right now helping me to create is that every single person, all 66.6 .6 million of us, I need to factor in the little babies and that, but is that everybody, every single person across the UK, let's start there, yeah. one thing at a time, yeah. um, <laughs> has, yeah, has the support, uh, in order, I, like, I like prefer this order, the courage, the support, and the safe space to speak up when they are suffering. And, and I'm careful with my words. It's not empowering the UK to speak up when they're depressed, anxious, you know, high, yeah. slash, does it, that yeah. list could be endless. Yeah. It, su suffering is suffering. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter whether it's schizophrenia, bipolar, bulimia. It doesn't matter what it is. Clinical depression, hypermania, which is untapped. Suffering is suffering. Suffering, suffering, right? Yeah. Like you said, it, 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 it uh, you, you framed it perfectly, right? Wasn't it like everybody's pain is pain is pain? Yeah. You know, so, so right now, you know, it's it's empowering so many people. Hopefully, listening to this right now as well to have that courage, the support, and the safe space to speak up when they're suffering. Whether that's this helping with their courage, you know, the the support around them with their mates, like we chatted about, um, 
and and the safe space you know everybody needs that safe space because there are consequences you know some you know i spoke to a, a couple of brokers the other day they're like hell if we spoke up about if we sp- if we showed any form of weakness on the on the on the stop floor we, we would be out of a job by that's the a, by that within an hour perfect example within an hour and and, and, and you know and that is why i'm so freaking fired up for this collaborative movement and message and mission that we're, you, you guys right now are helping me to, to to pursue and hopefully we can work some magic here right with the members yeah, yeah. is and the local community that's what it's all about but it's because there are consequences so often across society and the stigma if we do speak up about our shits that we deal with so unless we have that safe space you know yeah. then 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 we're not going to go anywhere you know but those safe spaces exist you know i'm giving a talk at um london sport in a few weeks all the sports agencies there so sports clubs they've got such a great opportunity to to you know once a month have have their have their night where it's where it's like run talk run like running a session you know running and talking or you know you have your tennis tournament but then afterwards we're checking in at the bar we're checking in how we doing guys you know somebody comes in maybe to facilitate a conversation every industry have it the construction industry one of our partners i'm working with and they've got 2,600 employees across the UK in the construction industry in their company alone, six suicides last year. Because there are so many individual men who just get their, they're contractors. So they wake up, they get a task, they go out there, they pound it for 12 hours, 13 hours. They go home, they don't want to deal with the stress of being a dad. They go to the pub and it, and it, and it just goes on and it just goes on. But, but, but this is it, right? Yeah. But, you know, but we all have, we're, we're, you know, I, I, I have to believe that the, t- the tides are turning and I do believe in a, a truly united kingdom where we have zero suicides and that and that is the norm because every single person has accepted that every single person has something going on and it's almost a really really cool thing that you've gone to see your coach yeah that'd be nice and it sounds like i mean you mentioned yeah. about b- brokers and things it sounds like finance i know is what probably the sector that needs it the most construction as well that's yeah. the classic construction lad, lad finance, environment yeah just High testosterone. Just lads, aren't we? We don't just need to lads, talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Just go and get smashed. Yeah. Go to the rippers. <laughs> Come to the gym. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, but yeah. It's, yeah, it's, been, it's been amazing, guys, properly, because um, it continues and, you know, you, you two are massively playing your part more than you know. Yeah, thanks. And thank, thank you, you know, thank you both individually. You both so, shared your stuff tonight. So, Dan, how, uh, people listening, how can they say someone wants to talk or someone someone feels like they need help like how can they do that through are you okay uk or, uh, uh, or what uh, can you you know how can they find you i mean firstly it's are we okay uk are we okay uk we're all in Sorry. it together let's just get that have i said that more than once then a couple of times okay? it's fine you're not the only one shit let <laughs> <laughs> me start this again so don't worry you're I really not that. the only one that's no, all good. It's all good. Are we? Are we? Are are we are, you know, again, intentionality because you know, we are all in this together. Yeah. Um, just like you proved tonight, both of you. Um, so yeah, uh, honestly, I would say reach out to me personally. My, my, you know, my, I feel my role is to yes, be um, this messenger. Oh, I've got to be careful with my words, haven't I? Prom- you know, I've got I've got a vision, and I'm saying look, this is where I'm headed. If people want to come with me, come with me. But you know, a big part of the role that I can play, bearing in mind, I'm not a trained mental health professional. Yeah. I'm not a trained therapist, counselor, or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am a people person. I'm a, I'm a community person, and my role is to connect in the most simplest way. Is to is to go and meet the people that are suffering yeah. and handhold them to connect them with the people that can help them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's my role in society. 
Uh, and so I would say to any listener listening to this is to obviously come and uh, check in at the gym down here. I might be might be <laughs> might, might be bouncing around. The website is areweok.uk. They can email me directly right now, dan at areweok.uk. My personal uh, social handles at I am Dan Keeley. Um, and uh, the social handles for Are We OK UK are obviously at Are We OK UK. Uh, any one of those channels, I read every word that comes in, and um, it's what I'm here to do. Dan, I fucking love that story. Yeah, I do. I'm going to watch um, those videos, you know. How important is or was exercise in the in the recovery? Um, did it play a big part? And, and why why did you decide on such a mental, physical challenge? And while I'm at it, fair play <laughs> to <it> you. <laughs> fair play to you for going back to Italy and saying, right, this is where we're starting. You faced that monster sh- fucking straight in the face and fair play to you for that. That's awesome, man. Thank you. We're going to be uh, hugging after the podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting one. A lot of people have asked that just straight down the line, you know, how important was physical activity in this recovery process? And uh, <coughs> it was huge. But um, uh, uh, again, you know, I... I subscribe to that model of waking up every day and doing my best, doing my best to channel as much of my time, energy and focus into my health, my relationships, my passions, my growth and being in service to other people. And in terms of health, you've got your physical health and your mental health. I was really going to town on my mental health. And I knew that if I was gonna create a project, a creative project, and I need that creativity to you know, work on the other areas, my relationships, I love meeting new people, I love connecting with new people. Um, you know, growing, being passionate about it and being in service for other people, I had to get myself in a great place physically to, to create any project that I want to commit to. And, I, and, I, and I'm committed to that. That's why I walked in the gym a month ago to meet Chris. Um, and so the adventure manifested out of that. And absolutely, there's no way that I could be speaking to you guys now if I didn't give impetus to my physical health yeah. and healthy body, healthy mind. And it pains me when I hear people say, it's all just health, physical health, mental health. It's all the same. It isn't. It isn't. We have got to put the time in on both, but they're super complementary. Yeah. Absolutely. Healthy body, healthy minds, healthy minds, healthy body. Um, so yes, absolutely. You know, physical activity, particularly running, trail running for me, yeah. still offers that escapism and I love it. We've talked about this in the past, haven't we? How we, it's, we find it crazy that people don't devote any time to looking after themselves physically. Yeah. Um, and I'm no expert on mentally, but I know for a fact that it's very, very difficult to be feeling optimal and certainly feeling happy even if you're not looking after your body. It's very difficult because that brain chemistry we talked about earlier is largely as a result of how well your body is functioning. You'll know from running. I mean, I, I don't run to get fit and I don't run to lose weight. I run because of that well certainly run outside because of that cocktail of brain chemistry that i get off the back of it and always come back with some clarity and focus and feeling a bit more driven that's my meditation yeah is is that that's when i can come and like sort shit out in my head um and we find it difficult that people don't carve that time into their schedule to do that because they're so busy um and without sounding like a broken record, for anyone who hasn't got some kind of fitness or workout routine, it is absolutely critical 
that you that you start trying to carve that time out even if and you don't have to go to a gym this is not a plug you don't have to have a personal trainer you, you don't even have to pay for it yeah you know it doesn't cost any money i mean we live in like we live in there's no parks just around the corner from us everyone's got parks near them going for a run or doing a really simple home workout is enough to get started yeah. and dust off the cobwebs and start making steps towards um feeling better i think that the, the question i wanted to, that to lead on to that ramble was um do you have some kind of i mean rick and i are really um big advocates of a morning routine well i am anyway i know you've yeah you've absolutely um do you have a routine a morning and evening routine you smiling i am smiling um because i didn't i didn't want to interrupt your flow and it wasn't a ramble it was, it wasn't a ramble it was, it was, it was really well put yeah well, really well put <laughs> and what you're talking about is um positive daily habits yeah and for anybody listening to this again to answer to answer your second question within one anybody listening to this who cannot afford the 30 quid coaching one-to-one talking therapy session if you can't get you if you, if you can't get on the nhs i feel for you right now if you need it but there are other options, many, many, many other options and people just waiting to help you. If you've got to the point where you think, actually, I could do with some one-to-one talking therapy and, and so you start paying attention, you know, you punch in your postcode on the coaching directory or the counselling directory and you find a few people and then you figure, oh, I can't, I can't afford 30 quid. I can't, I can't afford a 30 quid um, talking session because I've got my teeth to get whitened. <laughs> right? <laughs> then please check in with mel robbins i've been paying attention to this stuff for, for you know six years properly and if you cannot afford a one-to-one coach then mel robbins is for me my go-to coach and uh, she's got this book called the five second rule about oh. yeah so so you've got this you've got this but you know you, you have an impulse and you know you should be doing something you're going to procrastinate in your head you've got five seconds to commit to the actions you know you need to be taking otherwise it's gone you know, so, so you've got to take something. You've got to send that text or you've got to write that note. So you've got to write it down or, or you've got to put your phone in the other room and not have it in the bedroom. Yeah. Now we're getting on to my habits. Yeah, yeah. So I don't have the phone in the bedroom. Absolutely not. And um, five, four, three, two, one in the morning, I get up, turn the phone off, you know. And uh, another thing, I try not to make any conscious decisions within an hour of waking up because it's like calling your, it's like warming your engine up in the morning. After an hour, you know, when I'm when I'm close to my laptop after that point or having gone to the gym mindlessly, whatever. Interesting. At that point, I will say, okay, what are the top three things I need to achieve today? And and, and again, when I go back to the the stuff that really matters most, you know, uh, uh, again, I, I, if I find myself procrastinating or veering off stuff of value and what matters, five, four, three, two, one, get back on it or yeah. go and take a break or go and grab some water or, you know, but um, it is it is just that I guess intentionality is 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 the main thing. And and again, if, if you know, as I say, if, if nobody can afford a coach or that talking therapy, then to nurture those good daily habits, I can't recommend anybody else better than Mel Robbins, the number one female book speaker in the world, by the way. Really, fifteen million views on her TED talk. Do not lie. Yeah. Check it out. And that was the because she was quite uh, she was heavily depressed as well, right? And that yeah. little trick got a got her out of bed in the morning that's I right remember yeah that's absolutely right ago, that's actually. right yeah she was in the valley yeah she was in the depths her marriage was on the rocks she wasn't a good mother self-confessed smoking drinking career was in the pan and then she saw a nasa nasa launch and then she committed to that the next morning 
and uh, and I'll, I'll let her tell the rest of the story. Yeah, but I think an important point as well is that works for her. If you can find, as weird as it may be, whatever it is, if you find this little thing that works for just getting mm. to that next stage, then go, then run with it, as weird as it might be. What's your weird thing? I've got <laughs> way too many weird things. You don't need to know about. Do you have a things. Do you have a morning routine? No, mine's um, actually I'm off of it at the moment. Right. I'm uh, listening to you. You say about us being into morning uh, routines I am but I'm off it at the moment which is the terrible habit I've got at the moment which I know is causing me trouble My, mine is not finishing work when I know I should be fin you know, I'm, I'm, right. I'm, I'm tending I'm tending to overwork a little bit at the moment which yeah. for me is my thing yeah. I'm working on yeah you know. mine's checking my phone too early in the morning it's a bad toxic thing that happens Massive to me one across it's society it, yeah do you know what it can be like a little curve like if I if I don't check my phone, then, you know, I have have a decent day. It can be as simple as this, I think. And if I t check my phone too early, that almost sets a small habit for that day to keep checking my phone too much. And I'm working from home a lot at the moment, which isn't good for me. Again, finding things that work for you. If I go to a coffee shop, I'll get all my work done in an hour and a half. Amazing. And if I stay at home, I probably won't get it done in, a, in nine hours. Yeah, I don't like working from home. And none of us are perfect, right? No, no none of us no. none of us are perfect yeah i no. think but at the same time as being kind to yourself you have to watch your own bullshit as well yeah don't put don't i shouldn't be putting up for it for myself for getting out of bed and checking my phone don't go on instagram you put it on airplane mode do you put it on airplane mode at night i used to, uh no i used to do your alarm still work on airplane mm -hmm. mode yeah i put mine on air i don't turn mine off airplane mode until i get here which is t two hours after i wake up that's a very good idea. Yeah. Sp speaking of sleeping habits. There's my takeaway for the day. Aeroplane mode, Rich. Yeah. Stuff. Stupid Rick. <laughs> I, I hate to say it, but I need, to, I need some downtime. I need to uh, go and switch off chaps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And this same, has been same. awesome. I, I think this has been the most uh, authentic, truthful, open, honest podcast I've certainly been involved in. And it's credit to you two as hosts. Yeah. It's awesome. It's all for the cause. And, uh, and hopefully this has empowered one or two people out there to perhaps think about speaking up if yeah. we're suffering and i'm um, so grateful to you two to playing your part that's what, it's, that's what it's all about you rock thanks a lot likewise really grateful for you to coming on and sharing rick you're all right as well yeah yeah okay <laughs> thanks get, folks let's get those hugs in